I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and real talk about real estate starts right now. And we're back, folks. Welcome to another episode of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. I am your host, Jay Pitts, broker owner at Remax Premier Properties, leader of JT Pitts and Associates here in Louisville. Thank you. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of the stuff we do here on Resource, we try to make evergreen, but truth be told, um, sometimes you just can't. There's There's too much topical stuff going on in the world right now. Too much topical things that we have to address them. You have to be prepared to take the information that changes on a daily basis and put it to use in your business. Now, some big changes have happened for us here at Remax this week. We uh, it may not look like it because you know same desk, same mic, same screen, same Seth behind the camera, same me, uh, different shirt. Although I did realize that I had been a bit repetitive. In, in the Under Armour polo selection on podcast day. Uh, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. I <laughs> I uh, hope you didn't think that I don't do laundry. My wife would probably not be appreciative of that. But uh, needless to say, uh, same color wall behind us, but we're in a different place. Moved into our new office here at on Shelbyville Road in Louisville. Uh, couldn't be more excited you know, maybe at some point the the resource uh, podcast Facebook group will get a tour of the office, but not today. I've got some really good information for you. Um, excited to be delivering the first podcast episode ever from 10605 Shelby, Shelbyville Road, and it's a good one. And you know, I thought about taking Thanksgiving week off, but we're here, and once again, there are there are lots of things happening in the world. Um, you know, it's an election year. This is not going to be a political episode. Um, we obviously are in the midst of a pandemic. Governor announced last week some new, some new, uh, you know, efforts to stem the spread. If you would call, if you would say that, not sure really how to go, how to go about explaining that, but this is not going to be that episode either. I just want to highlight the fact that constant change requires that you evaluate your surroundings, evaluate the climate, evaluate the market constantly. And that's what we're going to do here today. So I'm going to give you five economic indicators that every real estate agent should know. I'm going to go a thousand foot view at the national level. Now, I, I could get into specifics. Trust me, I have it. For those of you watching, if you give me a second, I'll get off of my Christmas list and show you that I have done tons of research uh, into the market this year. You know, if you have the opportunity to see my screen, I'll maximize this slightly, and I think the camera gets it a little bit. But, I mean, frankly, I have data where I am tracking the number of listings that have come to market week over week versus 
2019 versus 2020, the amount of pending sales, the amount of active under contracts, the amount of expireds, there is data on top of data in this spreadsheet that we have calculated, collected, and analyzed over the course of this year. I could get you specifics about where the market is today, okay, as you know, when it comes to Louisville, Kentucky. But that's not what this episode is about. You know, you can make inference uh, based on the things and your anecdotal data that you're going to find on a, you know, almost daily basis out there in the marketplace is going to be just as relevant as what I would give you. However, the basic understanding of how economic indices, economic factors, and which ones to point towards for understanding where the real estate market is headed in the near future in the in the coming year when you know we're sitting here in the midst of Q4 2020 and we want to know what 2021 is going to look like with a new administration in the White House potentially with you know um, new factors with a pandemic or a vaccine coming down the pike potentially you know those are what we call if you go back to a few episodes ago black swan events you know the pandemic was a black swan event right the election um, was something that we could plan for a new administration is something that we could plan for. Um, there's going to be impacts that are made, but if you don't know where to look, you won't know how to take the information that is right in front of your face and apply it to day-to-day practice. So let's jump in. Number one, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, what I want you to know is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, or simply called the Dow, Um, It's a stock market index, okay? Now, I'm not going to get deep in the weeds on stock market, you know, information, but basically it measures the performance of 30 very large companies listed on stock exchanges in the United States. The, The average of the Dow has become the bellwether for the day to day activity in the economy. It's a ticker tape, right? It is a it is a it is a consumer center a consumer sentiment monitor. Consumer sentiment is is you know another economic indicator that involves polling and questions and things like that. But watching what the Dow does on a day to day basis and how it reacts to information that you have to expect it had before you did, okay? But but information that eventually becomes available to you, watching how the Dow has and how it does affect the economy, or, or excuse me, uh, mold to affect the economy moving forward is something that you want to keep an eye on. Now, extremely t- uh, timely in this moment is the Dow hit a record high of 30,000 yesterday. Now, it's since retreated, and I guess I can refresh my screen here. It was 29.8. 20, so roughly still, 29,883.85, down 162 points, or one half percent, just over one half percent on the day. Now, the, the Dow has been rallying in the last few weeks on positive news behind a coronavirus vaccine. There, there are multiple you know, vaccine companies coming out stating that you know, their vaccine is you know, upwards of 90 plus percent effective, which the key to reopening the economy safely and throughout the United States, allowing all businesses to resume some semblance of normalcy depends on that vaccine. So businesses are bullish, indexes and investors are bullish behind that news. You're going to want to pay attention to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And for those that haven't known the very basics, I know a lot of people just completely, real estate's 
agents specifically. We know we know our industry, but we don't get into finance too awful deep. If you if you've never considered what the Dow Jones Industrial Average is, it's just simply the measure of the performance of 30 large cap stocks around the United States. Large cap being large companies, big influential companies. I could read you some of the names, but um, suffice it to say you would know the firms. All right, number two, the unemployment rate. So by definition, the unemployment rate is the percent of labor, of the labor force that is jobless. It's also a lagging indicator. If you're a fan of the show, you are familiar with the fact that I have talked about the difference between leading and lagging indicators. Lagging indicators is a measure of something after it's happened or you know, a more of a result. So, so the unemployment rate is not something that is easily predicted. You can probably predict an increase or a decrease based on economic changes that you see. For example, it was pretty easy, pretty you know, fish in a barrel prediction to say that the unemployment rate was going to rise in the second quarter of 2020 after the coronavirus pandemic hit. That was pretty easy. And, you know, it'd be kind of hard to miss that one. But um, just how much was another story entirely. You've seen a multitude of economists predict, you know, W-shaped recoveries, U-shaped recoveries, V-shaped recoveries. And, and what those basically mean is the shape on, an, on a graph at which the economy would recover. Now, I'm going to get to the economy in a more specific definition here in a moment. But the employment rate, the unemployment rate, is an incredibly important lagging indicator as to how housing does. And I guess I should say that, in retrospect, I didn't, I didn't get into it a minute ago, but the Dow Jones and the unemployment rate together, when news is positive, consumers tend to feel more comfortable investing, in, in spending, in upgrading their home and putting their home on the market. Um, these are very public, very available, um, very newsworthy indices that make their way to the general population and do impact their decision making. Okay, so beyond that, um, you have to consider the fact that um, interest rate. Well, there's there's a difference. Okay, there's a difference between. Uh, unemployment rate and underemployment. Basically, underemployment is something where it, it can be, right now I feel like the unemployment rate is um, a little misleading because there are quite a number of folks that are underemployed that have accepted you know, furloughs that are not technically unemployed. There are people who have accepted temporary work with the holidays because you know their employment has been jeopardized due to the pandemic. It's artificially low. Um, which, you know, there's not anything bad about that. They are essentially saying that, um, they're essentially saying that people have accepted jobs that are below their capabilities because jobs at their peak level of productivity is not available. So there's that. All right, workforce participation is another completely different, um, you know, statistic that you'll also hear credited and the difference is is it's basically a percentage of 
people. It's the opposite of the unemployment. So you basically take you know, the unemployment from the total workforce as a percentage and the rest of it is workforce participation. The highest percentage of people working or the lowest percentage of people working, you, you'll hear that um, you know, quoted often and and of late, you know, in 2018, 2019, with a robust economy, we had a high workforce participation rate. All right, moving on to number three, Freddie Mac, 30-year fixed rate mortgage rates. This is a number that you will see your clients when they make offers, what sort of financing they are acquiring. Um, you know, and, and this number trickles up and down. Freddie Mac has been very forthright in publishing their rates, you know, that they get secondary market mortgages and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, how the clients are, 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 are reacting to the market in terms of interest. Now, right now, I'm sitting here looking at the Freddie Mac 30-year mortgage rate is at 2.72% today, trending downward from December 23rd of last year at a, at a peak of 3.75%. Um, and folks, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and I will be right back with you. And we're back, folks. Sorry about the delay. Appreciate you bearing with us there for a moment. Yeah, so so getting back into the list, okay, as, as, a, um, as a refresher, right, Dow Jones Industrial Average is the bellwether of the daily ticker tape of the United States economy, followed by the unemployment rate, not to be confused with underemployed or workforce participation, and then third, the Freddie Mac 30-year fixed rate mortgage rates. They trend up and down, okay, currently Freddie Mac is at 272 on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. That is down substantially, substantially from a year ago when rates were at, you know, just you know, south of 3.75%, so almost a full percentage point in a year with economic decisions made by the government to promote investment, to promote home ownership, to promote, you know, jumpstarting the economy in the wake of COVID-19. All right, so what you may not know beyond the Freddie Mac uh, mortgage rate is the fact that the 10-year bond, the 10-year bond is what interest rates most clearly follow as a lagging indicator to the 10-year bond's leading indicator, going back to lead versus lag indicators. As the 10-year bond goes up and down, what you end up seeing is rates trending to follow. So if you want to know where rates are going, follow the 10-year bond. If you can catch a trend on the 10-year bond, you're probably going to be able to predict where interest rates go in the future. All right, number four, National Association of Realtors or excuse me, National Association of Home Builders, NAHB, publishes a housing starts and a building permits number or statistic on a monthly basis. You can find it at their website. It's pretty easy. NAHB or Google Housing Starts, NAHB. Pretty interesting to consider um, the impact that COVID-19 has had in 2020 on housing starts. Now, I've been out front talking about new construction. Now, behaviorally, I think new construction is going to um, be impacted substantially by the work from home trend that we're going to probably see as becoming more popular after even a vaccine and, you know, hopefully some herd immunity through a vaccine. People are going to continue to work from home. Over the last 10 or so years, since probably 
you know, I don't know, maybe even before then, probably since 2006, 2007, building rates, rates at which new homes have been constructed, have severely lagged the amount of households that have been formed in the United States. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, you've heard me often talk about the 70 million millennials, you know, that are out there that are, you know, entering their peak earning kind of decade, they're forming families, having children, etc. And housing demand, which we've certainly seen has been a, has spiked because of it. Housing supply, however, again, if you drop down to the local level, you'll hear a lot of talk of you know, supply, you'll hear a lot of talk of listing shortage. Um, those things have been, you know, a lagging indicator due to the fact that new construction has not kept pace with housing or with family formations. So I've been out front since April saying, even, you know, out in the public on this show and to our agents here within these four walls, that new construction needs to make up a substantial portion of your business in 2021, and you need to be planning for it now. Here's some evidence as to why. In 2020, you saw in January, 1.6 million homes uh, started. Housing start is defined as, as you know, when excavation begins, when they break the ground, like you've heard break ground. When they excavate the ground, that is a housing start. 1.6 million is up from 1.5 in December of 19, 1.3 in November of, of 2019, and 1.3 also in October of 2019. The monthly average for housing starts in 2019 is 1.29. So we're already by January of this year up to 1.6, almost, what, 20% increase in housing starts? And then it held steady in February dropped off a little in March, fell off the table, as you can probably expect, in April, and then has started climbing out of the hole ever since. And we're back up to near, at the end of October, the level we were at in January. Now, what you were seeing was a ramp up of the new construction inventory. It, the need is far past due, but the ramp up was happening. We've lost six months of good, solid inventory building, and they're going to make up for it in the first half of 2021 and the years to come. You take that coupled with more demand due to the fact that folks you know, are going to be less concerned as a whole with infill, with retraction, with walkability potentially. They're more willing, being that they don't have the, the work commute to kind of spread out you know, outside of city centers, um, this is where the builders are going to find the land they need, you know, and, and the demand will follow for them to create housing units and balance the supply and demand challenge we have. Building permits are, are another good leading indicator. They're a leading indicator for housing starts. Um, you can follow the same trend with building permits. Building permits you know, we're at 1.5 million in October, 1.5 million in September. Those, again, like one month ahead, 60 days ahead of the groundbreaking. Um, you saw very heavy permits in, in December and January, December 19, January 2020. And I think you're in for a hockey stick style increase, you know, in the first, few, first quarter of 2021. Keep an eye on that. Follow those. They will tell you where the market is heading. One thing you should also consider is that new construction will drive prices. Cost of labor, cost of materials 
you know, it's going to drive the cost of a square foot of residence to go up. Okay, as a as a real estate agent, you need to know that. You need to be able to forecast that for your client that you know, some of the some of the interest rate savings, okay, that they're getting is going to be offset by the increased price. That's what's going to happen. All right. Moving on to number five and the final on the list, probably the granddaddy of them all, is the gross domestic product or the GDP of the United States. So what does the GDP mean? GDP is very simple. It's the monetary value, market value, market total, monetary total, however you want to put it. It's the sum total of all goods and services produced and consumed in the United States for a calendar year. Now, you may have heard that the U.S. economy grew at a certain rate. You may have even heard that in Q3 of 2020, it had the greatest growth in the history of the GDP as as a statistic. That's true, okay? But that is a little misleading. The fact that we had the greatest single quarter drop in GDP in Q2 of 2020 is what precipitated the ability for the single greatest increase. Um, Even if you look at it, the economy is not where it was in February. Even now, you heard probably a 25% decrease in GDP in Q2 and a 33% increase in GDP in Q3. Uh, uh, slightly misleading because 22% of a large number can be larger than 33% of a smaller number. Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, but the gross domestic product is, is a pretty serious indicator of where the market is heading. I'm going to call that a lagging indicator as to your number one on our list today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's the lead. You see the lead and how the Dow moves on a daily basis. At the end of the quarter, you get an update typically on GDP. If the Dow is up, typically GDP is up. If the Dow is down, GDP is typically down. And understanding those, the way those two interact with one another is important. Now, maybe a future episode we're going to get granular. We'll come down to the local market level and talk about individual statistics that you need to be tracking, that you need to be using to help your clients understand that you know where the market's moving. But at the root of all of this is just simply, as always, being contrarian to what most real estate agents are. Most real estate agents could not define the gross domestic product for you. I'm sorry. I hate to say that. I don't mean to disparage my own kind. But that's the truth. Most would not know that the DJIA is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, much less what does that even mean or is that the number that you see on the news every night? Is that the number you see when you look up at the corner television in the waiting room from the doctor's office? Okay, most people would not know that the 10-year bond is what is the leading indicator to changes in the interest rate market. Most people don't know where to go to find housing starts, what that even means, and building permits, and what does it mean for the economy. So what I want you to do is focus on these five things. Fold them into your vernacular. Fold them into the daily vocabulary that you use. Okay, look for inferences to make. Look for, you know, 
if and then type situations. If this happens, then this will happen. Be- cause and effect. This happened. What? How does that affect this? Start to draw those correlations. And once you do that for a little while, check your mistakes, understand where you misfired, then you will start to formulate an opinion of where the market's headed. Where the market's headed and you'll be able to advise your clients accordingly. Stop relying on anecdotal data, okay? By, by anecdotal, I mean one specific occurrence that happened to you, okay? We're seeing as much as 30% of contracts released these days, but I know agents that have 75% of their contracts released and they don't even understand that you should try and aspire to be at more like 10% release, 5% release. So, um, I think really what it boils down to is you just need to look for ways to be different. So once again, the DJIA, bellwether of the economy lead indicator, unemployment, not to be mistaken with underemployment or workforce participation rate, Freddie Mac, 30-year fixed rate mortgage, which is driven by the 10-year bond, National Association of Home Builders Housing Starts and Building Permits to give you an indication of where supply is headed. And fifth, and probably most impactful, is the gross domestic product of the United States. Understand these terms. Be able to quote them to your clients. You'll be a more informed realtor. Uh, Thanks for your patience, as always, in the middle. uh, I have to remind you, my shameless plug, Wherever you podcast from, if you could give us a five-star review, if you could click the subscribe button, it gives us better analytics. It gives us a better chance to be able to formulate the data that we need, the indicators, if you will, on the success of this show, uh, drive the content to the right people. Um, you know, give us some feedback. You can find me on any of the social channels at JPitts Realtor on quite a few of them. DM me. You can find my email. My cell phone's out there. Text me. That's a good way. Um, One last reminder, if you're not a member of our uh, private Facebook group, I send out a bunch of invites today from requests that we've had over the last few weeks. I apologize. I've been a little busy with the office move. But uh, once again, resource, real talk about Louisville real estate. We appreciate your tuning in, whether it be live on Facebook or just on any, any of the podcast platforms. Certainly appreciate you. Give us some show ideas, whatever we can do for you. We're here. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 